to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa, slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Drummers Only Radio. Uh, it's Legend Week uh, in the new year. I hope you had a, a, a wonderful Christmas and, and new year and all that, but we are here with uh, a, a current living legend, uh, Mr. Jay Weinberg. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm really well, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, for those of you who may be living under a rock for like the last 10 years, uh, Jay is one of the, the, the sort of leading lights in, in the world of metal because he plays for a really small band uh, called Slipknot um, and, and has done for like the last seven years, six years, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Who's, yeah, who's, so. who's counting? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. We really—I I can't believe you, you've got time to fit us in, man. So this is this is really special for the for the people at home and and for us here. So um, my pleasure. We're just gonna dive right in, man. So you come from a pretty legendary drumming household, man. It's no secret uh, at all who your dad is. Um, Max Weinberg plays for the for the boss. For Mr. Springsteen. So how, how was that growing up for you? Is that a thing? Drums always around and, and all that? It's very interesting because like, in a in a sense, yes, like, you know, music has been a, a huge part of my, you know, my growing up and, and my childhood. But it wasn't like drums weren't like just immediately around, uh, you know, like maybe people might think, you know, when I when I was born, I was born in 1990. The E Street Band had disbanded in 1988. Uh, so I wasn't really even familiar with that element of my dad's life. Like I, I didn't, uh, for the longest time, I didn't know what it was. And and then even when I found out what it was, I didn't quite understand it. I was like, okay, you're in a band. <laughs> you guys are huge. There's like tens of thousands of people here looking at you guys. I don't get this at all. Um, it took me a while to understand it. But uh, that said, you know, when uh, when they started the uh, the late night with Conan O'Brien program mm. in 1993, you know, I, I don't have memory for uh, for what that was like when that was starting. But he was in New York all the time, you know, which is about like an hour, hour and a half from where I grew up in New Jersey and he was commuting. So I had even kind of a distance between that element of, you know, my dad's career and his life and my own understanding of music and how it relates to my own family and stuff. My mom was and is very musical. Mm -hmm. um, she just started a band a couple of years ago. In fact, like she's oh. still, you know, she kicks ass playing music. <laughs> but, you know, so they were they were showing my sister and me lots of music growing up. The Who, the Beatles, the Stones, Bob Dylan, the band. That was all kind of like our bread and butter, what was played in, in our house. Mm. But it wasn't anything like I saw my dad playing drums from a very early age. It was, I kind of had this distance from it where I had like these amazing music educators, but I never mm. really had this like tactile, you know, experience with it until that changed in 1999 when the E Street Band returned to form and, uh, and they're on tour and I'm watching my dad play these <laughs> like four hour shows. I was like, I didn't even know you were capable of that. Like, you know, it was, it yeah. was like, you could imagine somebody who's never heard of Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, <laughs> known any of that. I didn't know any of it. So you could imagine my shock when all of a sudden I'm thrust into being on tour with them and trying to take all that in and understand it without any context like at all so uh but I, I started putting it together and then you know realized that there were these records from their past and and so on and so forth and so i put it together but it took me it, it took me quite a while um and then i didn't start playing drums until i was about 14 years old oh, um, okay you know which is which is relatively like from what I understand, you know, just speaking to friends and stuff, they're like, oh, I started playing drums when I was like two years old. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it kind of came to me, you know, relatively late, I suppose. But there's, you know, there's no who's to say when's a, an appropriate time to start doing anything, you know, yeah, totally. um, that that was when I was that was shortly after I was introduced to like punk rock and and mm. finding out bands that spoke to 
um, you know, spoke to me on some level, some youthful, you know, level of excitement and, and energy and stuff. Um, I gravitated towards that. And that's when I started finding out what I liked about music um, that I didn't even know yet. Um, mm. You know, and, and so much of that, I mean, to tether that to today, uh, so much of that was from a chance meeting with the guys in Slipknot when I was very young, when I was 10 years old. You know, yeah. they came on the the late night show and um, and they, you know, at that time they were, you know, the Conan show was having bands every night. And, and my dad would see a lot of bands, but he saw this one band that was just like, oh, my God, this is nothing like anything I've ever <laughs> seen. They met and they were like, yeah, hey, you ever want to come to a show? Like, yeah, bring, you know, bring your kids like let's you know let's hang and he he uh you know they kept their word he kept his and was like wow. hey let's go to a let's go to a slipknot show and we went to Ozfest when i was 10 years old and wow. uh and met you know those guys back then we we carved out a friendship and um lots of twists and turns later you know here we are but yeah so like music has always been a huge part of my upbringing my household i came to music in such like a strange roundabout way considering what how meaningful it is in my mm. own family's life um but you know there's no right or wrong way you know no not at all man there's so much to unpack just from that like one answer um like it's so cool that your parents sort of didn't shield you from it but it also wasn't just like thrust down your throat by the way your dad is like this enormous He's played in this enormous, like, world-renowned band. It's just like, yeah, music's cool. You know, music is... The, it's, it's this cool thing that we like, you know, and we sometimes do, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, it was very pure like that, you know? Like, it, it uh, you know, we, we... To this day, you know, we we enjoy so much about, you know, music and art. And, uh, I mean, mm. just, you know, just the other week, I was I was finally able to, you know, give, go visit my parents and... Mm. Uh, and we went to a, you know, a museum about Machu Picchu, you know, and, and stuff, which yeah. is where my, my wife and I got engaged. And oh, wow. so like, like we love, you know, so much of my life with my, you know, my family that I'm so happy to, to be able to share. It's just a passion for creativity, art, history. You know, my mom mm. was a, a history teacher. Oh, so there's so much to learn and unpack there. My, my parents especially had like a passionate understanding of like, um, wanting to expose us at a young age to uh, to what inspired them, and hopefully that, that you know would translate in its own way, and I feel it it has. And when we were traveling, when I was traveling with the E Street Band as a as a kid, literally like a child, you know, I would be with my mom, and and we'd make a, a conscious effort to like every day, because she was a teacher, so they let us come out of school for like two months i'm in like seventh and eighth grade <laughs> they would they would let us they would let us come out of school because they're like hey well you are a you know you're a teacher you've been you know a teacher in your own right for a long time yeah you can teach the kids while they're on the road <laughs> and she was militant about it like i definitely it was probably even harder than actual school was uh, <laughs> but you know we'd like we'd wake up in the morning it's like 6 a.m doing you know school work afternoon going to a museum and when we're traveling you know we're seeing all these places where you can only see this work of art mm. in this one museum at this mm. remote location in the world wow. and then at night we'd go watch dad you know rock sixty thousand people you know <laughs> and we and we would do that we, that was our that was like our life you know it's like you you work hard at what you, you know you're you're meant to work hard at and at that time it was you know work hard at school mm -hmm. and uh and take in lots of, you know, like work hard, play hard, you know, like, yeah, like right. yeah. it, it always, always had this sense that like, no matter what we were doing, even if it was like a, a relaxing, you know, trip to, to, to a museum or something, it still was like, invest yourself in that experience. And, mm -hmm. uh, and to me, that was where I, I developed an interest of like, of doing my own visual art. I would like, we would go to a museum and I would just take my notepad and I would sit in front of a painting and like copy it for like three hours. They would just let me just sit there and just doodle, you know? Wow. Um, so that was like, that was a really great experience in this like very organic way of introducing, you know, me, my sister and me to, uh, to not just music, but just a world of creativity and that there's mm -hmm. no boundaries between anything. You know, there's there's no boundaries, even though people might perceive a sonic boundary between 
Bruce Springsteen, the East Street Band and Slipknot. Like I, I talk about that sometimes of like, oh, these are two very different things, uh, you know, different styles of music, which is true, but also the passion and energy is totally equal, mm-hmm. you know? And, and to me, that's where it all comes mm-hmm. from. Like it, it comes, that stems from this, um, this sense of, of passion and, uh, and really respecting the importance of art and music and, uh, and giving your full attention to it. That's yeah. all you need to carry you through performing with Bruce or performing with Slipknot or whatever. And yeah. um, so I'm very grateful for that education at an early age where um, it, it felt like there were no divisions. There were no, you know, dividing lines between mm-hmm. like, well, you should be into this. You shouldn't be into this. It was like, there's so much out in the world yeah. that you can take in, uh, you know, try to try to take it all in. Well, the beautiful thing about that is it makes the education well-rounded which means that you become a well-rounded person so that you don't see these dividing lines between music it's all just music right exactly yeah um yeah and i find uh, you know as uh as i've gotten older and you know as you just invest your your time into you know wanting to create something that's uniquely yours you know mm-hmm. or 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 being in a collective that creates something that's unique to uniquely the collective such as slipknot i find that you know, as a drummer, as a creative person, you're better served having this understanding that there is, there are no dividing lines and I can take inspiration from uh, something that, you know, maybe to, to a surface level listener, you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't necessarily see or hear that inspiration for a, a loud, aggressive, you know, crazy song. Inspiration came from a totally different place, you know, mm-hmm. because there are, you know, there are so many factors into, I, I feel that's what leads artists to create the most interesting and engaging uh, output is when it, when inspiration comes from a myriad of different places and you just kind of funnel that through your filter of experience into, uh, into what you're, you're doing. I think it shows in the playing as well. Is it, I was watching, is it Kill Pop today? You do a, there's a Zildjian performance and there's like some really mega 16ths on the hats and it just like it like, but it oozes groove, and it oozes groove in a way that you probably wouldn't consider a band like Slipknot to have a groove, because you know that of because of the nature of the music and it's 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 dynamic in a really different way than like the E Street Band or the band or the Who. It's, it's the, but it doesn't mean that stuff can't move in a way that that music moves as well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and I think uh, you know referencing a song like Kill Pop. Um, you know, that was among the first batch of songs that I was working with the guys, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, especially back then, like Clown Jim and myself were like holed into a studio working for like a month and a half with them literally, you know, quite literally throwing the book at me, you know, like just <laughs> making sure they're, they're like, all right, if this is our guy, we got to make sure he's our guy. Right. And um, I remember, was it was it Kill Pop or some other song? I forget, but um, might've been Sarcastrophe uh, that we were working on for a bit, but um, we would do this stuff where they would like send me in, into the room and, and just like, we were having so much fun, you know, it's just like that instinctual, like kid, like wonder of having fun playing music. Mm. Uh, I would, I would be in the live room recording drums and they're like, okay, this part just go crazier. <laughs> and then this next part just go crazier. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're, we're spending like all day in a linear fashion. Right. So we're, right. we're going from like the start of the song and I'm just like working out parts and just like get crazier, get crazier, get crazier. And then like, we come, we came back the next day with like fresh ears and we listen to it and we're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> like brilliant. So over the top, like, okay, he's our guy. Uh, yeah. We know that now, now we can focus. And, yeah. uh, but, but that was one of the songs. So kill pop, you know, one of the songs that uh, to my recollection, Jim had a uh, very well structured out map of a song, kind of what he had in his head of how he wanted it to go verse chorus what have you and stuff like that like we we were referencing a lot of um you know maybe not in a sonic sense what we're inspired by but more of like a mood um clown will use the word temperature which i think Mm. is really fitting like what kind you know what kind of temperature do we feel is this song and Mm. and it can dip it can you know it can Mm. dip and dive and do all sorts of things um but we kept you know we're talking about like you know like Radiohead Kid A or Blur 13, stuff right. like that, you know, that, um, 
that were kind of touchstones, I think, for like Jim writing these songs. And so once you can kind of take yourself out of the headspace of like, you know, it's Slipknot and it's full on all the time. And you can kind of take a step back and be like, you know, let these influences maybe not come out sonically through what you're doing, but spiritually be like, how did that make me feel? How did that thing that I'm inspired by? I remember how that made me feel. So then, yeah, when you're talking about uh, different rhythmic ideas that are, that are thrown out there, you might hear it and be like, wow, that's really, you know, that's really different for us. Um, And especially back then when I'm, you know, the, the concept of like, us me with slipknot it was very new and mm-hmm. i'm getting used to that and trying to feel out respectfully what my where my place is in mm-hmm. a slipknot song yeah that was very important to me but to also be like but yeah but it's got to be something new it's got to be something different it can't be where this band has gone before and i think them knowing how much they know this music is a part of my life because we have that friendship that's gone back years. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew that it's like he he gets where we come from and the fact that where we're going, we have no idea, you know, yeah. and and we we learn that as we go. And and that, that's true today, you know, with with what we're making today. Um, so the fact that if we can record something, listen back to it, to it and be excited with the idea that we can all agree this fits in the context of Slipknot, but it's different mm-hmm. and we like that, then let's chase that. Then let's let's go with that because to us, that's the most exciting thing. And when you're creating and you're, you know, you're just in isolation working on new stuff, it is a very selfish form of expression. You're just doing it just to make <laughs> yourself amped on what you're creating with your collaborators. Yeah. Um, and then wherever, and then as long as we're excited about it and want to crank it in our car, <laughs> then then we can we can release that and then once we release it it's not ours anymore now it's everybody's yeah um but we can you know we can rest easy knowing that we're pushing what we're doing into new directions and uh and i feel like kill pop was an important step uh in that uh even if it was just in so far as my own understanding of my role within slipknot and uh and the mission of slipknot in general to be you know true to what we do but because it's true to what we do it means it's, it's got to be pushing forward and and not what we've done before yeah i think evolution like that is is, is a funny thing i remember was it, i was thinking it was billy corgan said something like like the general public doesn't really want a band to evolve they don't like it they want just more of the same but for a band to stay sane it has to keep going because you can't keep doing more of the same yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's where like the benefit of I feel as as both a prior, you know, listener, strictly mm-hmm. listener of, of the band and, and you know, one with the audience taking in what I took in for four Slipknot records and having such an intense familiarity, for lack of a better way of describing <laughs> it, you know, like, I, yeah. you know, being a being a student of music and being a student of this band. Uh, they also knew that they knew that it's like this dude has studied our mm. music his whole life. Like we've seen it his whole childhood. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. So knowing that I have an intense understanding of that, um, I think that was like, okay, well that's one conversation we don't even really need to have. It was totally. like, he'll under, he'll know and appreciate the experimentation in that um, to keep it interesting for us and to keep the music just not stale for anybody listening like if we if we just kept writing the same stuff over and over it would like people would not enjoy that (laughs) like not like we really not like we really think about that but it's like for anybody that wants another iowa record you know with with all the respect in the world to the lineage of the band and to a record such as iowa or something it's like you don't want another iowa that iowa is that we're doing different stuff like that's of no interest to us to make something that has already been made and that's how you keep it vibrant and exciting and we hope that that um that vibrancy and urgency and stuff uh translates i I think honestly a perfect example of that is uh is a song like the chapel town rag our newest Mm -hmm. song um that you know we've been we've been working on new stuff this whole year and so to finally uh, put something out like that that to me feels uh, feels like um, 
a, a very a very sharp, accurate, you know, representation of, you know, having that urgency, keeping that love for what it is that we do. And, and Slipknot, I think by and large is known for, but doing something totally new with it. Um, that was very exciting to me. So the fact that that's, you know, that's our current body of work is, uh, is pretty awesome and exciting in and of itself. Yeah. I think just you referenced Radiohead earlier and it's just like, yeah, just look at how their career has gone, you know, because I, I, I'm of an age where I remember OK Computer coming out and then I remember Kid A coming out and being like, whoa, like, it's just like they took everything, all that success and just rejected it. Like, see ya, we're going to do something really weird, you know? Amazing. Yeah. And, and, and ne- necessary for them, I think, at the time because they just weren't used to the chaos that that level of success brought. You know, but yeah. yeah, I think that's I think that's the only way a band can keep going, man, and stay current. You know, there's so many bands have fallen victim to just churning out the same kind of music, and after a while, there's just like, you know, your venue size gets smaller and smaller, and before you know it, you're playing like, you know, you're playing rooms with 300 people. You know, you've you've gone from stadiums to nothing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, I. Uh... I think for us, like when we have those moments when we're in isolation in a studio and, you know, whether that's while we're actively playing, there's a certain look that we'll give each other. That's just <laughs> like, okay, this is, this is right. This is yeah. correct. You know? And, and when we're listening back and if like, to me, the best test is when somebody, when somebody starts laughing it, like in, in a way, not that like, Oh wow, this sounds funny. It, like you start laughing because you're so, I mean, there's just a genuine joy that comes with playing yeah. the music that you love, you yeah. know? So, so I feel like when, when I hear something that I'm really proud of that we're working on, I start laughing in the studio, just like, <laughs> I, I can't, be- I can't believe that this is what we're up to. Yeah. Um, uh, Chapel Town was certainly like uh, yeah. one of those moments where I'm just like, this is wild, man. Um, <laughs> and that's everybody working on it. You know, that's yeah. the band, that's the people that we surround ourselves with that we're working with. You know, it's a, it's a great feeling when you're able to tap into that. You know, it doesn't yeah, come sure. easy. It doesn't, you have to no. work at that. But yeah. It's like any relationship. But um, <laughs> I, I, man, that's like just round a rabbit, down a rabbit hole and round a bend. Uh, the, the question I had earlier coming on from sort of how you grew up with music was to then you having to sit in for your old man. And then before you know it, you're on the road doing his gig. That must have been absolutely bonkers. I mean, you must have been what? 25 oh no no i was 21 uh, maybe no the first time i played with them i was 17 wow (laughs) yeah uh and i don't i've been playing drums for three years at that point um but you know to me like that's literally my family you know like like, uh like they're my it's literally my brother my blood relative my father you know who i've been you know digesting his body of work uh, since I discovered it when they got back together and, you know, for lack of a better term, my uncles, you know, yeah, right. like these are all yeah. my aunts and uncles who are in the band, you know, it's like, this is literally my family. So that helped in mm. getting me comfortable with being faced with that, but it was all completely born out of just, you know, a scheduling conflict with, you know, <laughs> yeah, the start yeah. of the the tonight show mm-hmm. and, uh, and a Bruce tour we're just not, you know, my dad would have to be in two places at once. And I had only, I was the last of the children of the band members to get up on stage and play uh, with oh, the guys in the right. band. And to me, just because it's a daunting task, it's like I had just started playing drums. And if I'm messing up, mm-hmm. like you can't just take the drums down mm-hmm. in the mix. It's mm-hmm. horrifying mm-hmm. for me. Uh, but I did it one time. I, I played, uh, my dad convinced me to play Born to Run with them at a sound check. <laughs> And it, and it went fine. It was great. And I was like, okay, I played at giant stadium. I played at soundcheck. That's all I got to do. And then it was, to, you know, to Bruce's credit, he was like, you should play that during the show. I love that the first song like, he makes you play is like a six minute Uber hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having, having done that. Uh, and then the scheduling conflicts kind of just happened. Bruce and my dad had a conversation more like not even as, you know, who they are in the music world, but like literally just as, fathers Mm. like hey we got to figure this out would jay want to do this or be able to do this um because you know learning learning one song i think bruce said it's like you know really it all all it takes is just one song to learn what somebody's about 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's just one out of hundreds of songs yeah. that uh, that we would be playing. But the way that that group really rolls, especially you know, under the direction of of Bruce, it was as comfortable as a monumental task like that could be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we ended up playing you know probably a couple hundred songs together. Um, <laughs> you know, I was learning I was learning five songs a day. Uh, on the on the tour that we then play later that night or he would call out songs that i've never heard of before (laughs) while we're on stage and i and you know i said it before but it's just like there's really like that's not a normal thing for any band leader or any band to to do routinely night after night but it's something about the musical character of of them and as a band leader uh bruce to instill the confidence in an 18 year old to play a song he's never heard of in front of, you know, tens of thousands of strangers in a random country somewhere in the world. Um, (laughs) So then after having that experience, like that's as intense as it could possibly get, you know, maybe not mute, maybe not like energetically musically, but when you're playing four hour shows, I suppose so, you know, but that, but then that, that attention to, you know, what my role was at that time has just lent itself to everything that's, you know, that I've encountered uh, since. And, and for sure that's, you know, that's put on steroids when it, when it comes to the, the context of Slipknot, um, yeah. which is, you know, infinitely more and sometimes like just as intensely challenging as that was just in different, in different ways. Um, but yeah, filling in for, for my dad when I was like 17, 18, 19 years old, was uh it you know it prepared me for um you know for a lot of things that have happened since well like there's very few musical musical educations as sort of solid as that you know like with the the wealth and experience that collective band has in order to impart how to play just come on man that's just incredible i watched the um the 09 pink pop born to run and your time is just amazing you just like it's just rock solid. You just hold them right on, but without like, you, you know, you've got all the, the the passion and spirit that one needs to have to play in that band. It's like, how does a guy that young do that? Like, like, like <laughs> in front of all that, those people with very little experience behind you. It's really impressive, man. Uh, I'll say maybe uh, driven by fear, <laughs> uh, uh, fear and uh, and adrenaline and uh, the desire and drive to rise to that occasion is so much of it. You know, it's like this is like, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's like like high stakes rock and roll. Like, this yeah, right. is You know, this is rock and roll. That means a lot to so many people. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to be the vehicle for, you know, for these reasons of you know, this is literally my family and I'm here to serve, you know, this band that's existed for long, long decades before I was born. Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've got a job to do here and, uh, and to do it well. And, and I have no choice, but to just go, uh, you know, a hundred percent forward. You know, I can't approach this with any hesitation uh, or whatever. I just got to go for it. And, and when you like, when you're able to do that, um, in any aspect of life, I think if you're able to just kind of go without abandon and just like, and just invest yourself in the moment, that's like a, such a huge thing that has um, informed everything I've, I've ever done. So I, I think having people around me that I was comfortable being around and being very supportive of like wanting me to, to do well in that, that was huge. And, um, and then really realizing once you break it down, to its like more bite-sized elements. You take away the big crowd, mm. the big stage, you know, the history that's obviously there that they've created, the lore, the legend of the E Street Band. <laughs> Once I was able to like figure out in my head how to just put all of that aside, you're just playing music. And it's like, and that's what I do, you know? And, and once I was able to, to really just understand mm-hmm. that, um, it took the pressure uh, or, or what I would perceive as like outside pressure, it puts all of that to the side. And, and I think, you know, it's a credit to the people that I was playing with because they made me feel like that. They made me able to compartmentalize things, just worry about my contribution mm. to this. Cause if you start thinking of like 
as a drummer, so much of the, so much weight and, um, and importance lies mm. within how you're rhythmically mm. carrying things. Sure. Once you're able to kind of like forget about that and just realize like, here's my contribution into this and how I can allow everything to rise, you know, above that or whatever, that was easier for me to understand. Um, and I, I apply that today. I think the thing about it is it was so evolved for someone so young. That's, that's like it's kind of mind blowing. Like like you sat in that band like it you'd been playing it your entire life. It's amazing to watch. Thanks, man. Well, I think and a, a lot of studying. Like you know, mm. I'll give you an example. We never there was a lot of songs we just didn't rehearse, and he would just call out you know with like the signs that yeah, audience yeah, right. people would would have. Like all right, we're playing this song, and a lot of that was uh, I was going back to being a kid watching them from the side of the stage yeah. because like this is oh, murder incorporated this is one of my favorite songs yeah. we never played that together until we were playing it in a show <laughs> but that's because i studied every little nuance of them performing that song my whole childhood um yeah it's not to say that it, it wasn't for a lack of preparation but i was like i was preparing for this thing that i had no idea i was preparing for yeah just because i was i you know i, I think there's a it was important for me to be naturally interested or naturally like investing myself in studying mm. like God, th what these guys do. It's insane. I, mm. I want to study it because I, I love watching them. And I, I still do. I can't wait till they go back yeah. out on tour so I can watch. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Ah, amazing. So how, so going through all your sort of the way you were, you know, the music you were given when you were a kid, how does one arrive at metal and punk? Is it just a natural thing because of your age and what was around at the time and what was coming through, or is it because you of the meeting with with the boys in the band when you were young? How do you how do you get there? Uh, well, I think you know the age at, at which I met like uh, the guys in Slipknot that opened the doors of like oh, there's a whole mm. other realm of music that is so far advanced beyond what I'm familiar with. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been listening to you know, I want to hold your hand. And now all of a sudden I'm being confronted with people equal shit. Like I, what, you know, uh, there, there's a big, there's a, how do we get from point yeah, A yeah. to point B? Like yeah, right. uh, I had a lot, I had a lot of studying to do uh, because I knew this thing. I, I knew I loved this thing. I had no idea why I loved this thing, but I wanted to learn more about it. So seeing Slipknot for the first time was the, you know, the genesis of my, um, my interest in heavy metal, punk rock, you know, hardcore, just, mm. uh, you know, gnarly, wild, crazy, chaotic music. Mm. I found out that I loved it that day. <laughs> uh, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know where to look, though. I didn't know where to, you know, uh, what direction to, to go in. There's so much. But once I realized, oh, these bands go on tour with other bands. And I mm. went to see uh, the second time I saw Slipknot was a couple months later. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were being supported by, uh, I want to say Mudvayne, System of a Down, um, Ramstein, maybe? Wow. I forget. I mean, I was, I was like literally 11 years old. Then I start, okay, I got I to gotta listen to these bands. And then uh, I see those bands are on tour with these other bands, so yeah. on and so forth. Um, one, one pivotal moment for me was I remember hearing music from my sister's room, and she was listening to a band called The Used. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I was like, what is that? And uh, and she told me it was a band called The Used. So I looked them up, really got interested in their first record. I think it had just come out. And um, similar similarly to how I had met the Slipknot guys, you know, The Used came on the Conan O'Brien you know, <laughs> program. And uh, and, you know, for me, I had the unique opportunity to go up and visit my dad at work and I could see this band that I that I just found out about, you know. Mm. And uh I struck a friendship with them, especially their drummer and one of their founding members, Brandon Steineckert, who's still one of my best friends to this day. And it was seeing Brandon play that made me think because because to that point, like metal and all this crazy stuff, like it was such it seemed like it was from a different planet to me mm, right yeah then and i didn't and i didn't know how i could get to that planet yeah. <laughs> but when i saw brandon playing there was something about it that was very impressive like he you know he's an amazing drummer in his own right but 
the, his approach to it, it's like something conveyed to me. I was like, that looks like he's having so much fun. And it looks like I could, if I work hard, I could one day do that. You know, I want to, I want to do that when I grow up, you know, and it was seeing Brandon play that gave me that first, like, even though I'd seen my dad play for years, you know, it was seeing Brandon play that made me be like, I want to pick up drumsticks. And it wasn't for like maybe two more years. I didn't, I didn't start playing drums till a little while after that. Mm. <clears throat> um, excuse me. But after then finding out about the used, then I find out about uh, stuff that's happening in my own backyard. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I come from New Jersey where you had, you know, especially in the early 2000s, you had new records that were very, you know, cornerstone albums in the, sort of scene that were like, you know, Thursday, Full Collapse or War All the Time from Thursday, uh, My Chemical Romance, when they were first starting to um, get people's attention and stuff. That was all happening like in my backyard, Lifetime, uh, The Bouncing Souls, um, all this like New Jersey punk rock mm -hmm. stuff um, that I was getting turned on to where I could see these bands like 10 times in a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that was huge for me. And the fact that I was able to like strike up friendships with these bands because of their proximity to me, the audience <laughs> member, you know, I was able to yeah. I was able to see them and talk to them at the merch table and, and become friends with them because I was always the guy who was on the you know front barricade shouting <laughs> the words and and um, investing myself in that music. So that's where, you know, to me, like I always had a passion for, you know, for punk rock and, and, you know, like being in DIY punk bands mm. growing up and stuff and, and just really taking uh, inspiration from, from those bands, the Bouncing Souls, Avail, um, you know, bands, bands like that, uh, that broke the barriers down between band and art and uh, audience meant a lot to me, but I also really appreciated like advanced musicianship to, you know, mm -hmm. to a certain degree, you know, mm -hmm. like watching, you know, I go to, I go to a Slayer show and, yeah, right. and just watching and watching Dave just go, you know, wild. That was, um, you know, that was like another element to where it's like, okay, I love, you know, this punk rock mm -hmm. that, you know, anybody can do, you know, it's yeah. more about the spirit and the energy that goes into it, but also really respecting uh, drummers and musicians who have clearly, worked at something to get so advanced at their instrument and, and have something unique to say with it. And to me, you know, I, and, and that's a classic example, even take Dave uh, and what he's doing currently with the misfits, you know, it's like a perfect, mm -hmm. it's a perfect uh, through line of that, where, you yeah. know, you can take somebody who, who has this advanced skill set, um, applying that to punk rock, which is so just emotion and intensity driven you know, maybe less so than chops or, or whatever, but bringing those things together was like really interesting to me. You know, Travis Barker is another example of like taking, taking really amazing, you know, punk rock that has, you know, melodic uh, sensibilities about it. You know, it's like, it, it's pop punk, but it's, there's so much more in that. Yeah. And then taking this like amazing musicianship where you have a drummer who can flip things on his head and make yeah. something very interesting to listen to. That goes back to what we were talking about, like approaching a song like Kill Pop for, you know, a band that's kind of known for heaviness and speed and, and all this, but taking interesting ways of taking that music, but making it something completely new because your filters are totally different. And the way you perceive music mm -hmm. takes in from all these different inspirational points. I I'm really glad that I grew up in an era where these things were coming together, like these yeah. very basic art forms, but with this very interesting way of approaching like the technicality behind it, mm -hmm. they came together in really interesting ways. And um, I mean, you know, you see the pads that bands like that bands like, you know, like us have, have continued to try to have that be like a focal point of yeah. the music. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Bands like Tool as well, where it becomes all about rhythm rather than about facility, you know, and, and how they can make that digestible for people make it groove and write great music around it you know yeah well that's like that's storytelling too you totally. know like that's that's like that's like musical storytelling yeah. you know like i mean the the depth um to where you know you have a band like that there is so much thought and complexity that 
they're they're banned unto themselves, you know, in a league in a league of their own. And I think that's like that's the high watermark that you you always just kind of want to achieve. Not necessarily like, oh, you know, no band wants to be like, oh, let's be like that band. Yeah, totally. But I think let's be let's be the best version of what we can do and and go the deepest into what we are and hope that that comes out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really powerful thing. And I think yeah. um, taking inspiration from that is is super important. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, switching gears a bit, because you mentioned sort of technical facility. Yours is, is, is pretty good, man. <laughs> um, I was watching some stuff there, and I'm like, shit, how does... How does singles, so clean, round the drums, so powerful, but at tempo, like on a massive stage in a huge room how, how do you get to develop that you know because that's that shit's not easy and to keep that shit going all night for six months to me it's all like it really just boils down to it's like this is what's this is what's what's required of me you know yeah. like i think there's such a there's such an element of um you know one thing that i wanted to uh as we started playing together it was a a cornerstone of just like, you know, take the day, take for, for example, the day I auditioned mm. for the band where they, you know, they didn't tell me I was even coming to a <laughs> studio to play with Slipknot. It was just, you know, here you are and there's a drum set. You'll audition for Slipknot in 20 minutes. And, wow. uh, and to me, all I've, all I wanted to convey in that moment and really all I've wanted to convey since is, you know, these guys are entrusting in me a very important role, you know, to to execute this music in a way that's true to the spirit of where the band uh, not only comes from, but where the band wants to go and to be a part of that and mm -hmm. to really invest myself in that. So, you know, showing up on the day with no preparation, <laughs> it's like, all right, I just know, you know, I know that the energy of what's required of Slipknot. I have yeah. no goddamn idea what it's like to play with Slipknot. <laughs> but if I can convey the energy that I know this requires, that will carry me through. Yeah, right. And that's that's every that's my everyday. You know, that's really my everyday is um is investing myself completely in what it is we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um so obviously you have to be practiced in the the music, but I think so much more of it comes from just the will and drive to make the music that we make. That's what gets me through, you know, through the day and, and yeah. or through the night or whatever. It's like, it's just kind of separating yourself almost from thinking about it and just being like, I need to, I'm the vessel through which this music is, is helping get out there. And that takes application. You know, mm -hmm. it's definitely like, it's not easy for sure. Like, physically and spiritually all that mm -hmm. slipknot is the most challenging musical thing i've ever encountered mm. um the most rewarding too you know like you get what you put into it you get back what you put into it sure and so you know it's come with time i feel like we're at a much more advanced level of inter you know communication musical communication between ourselves than we were when i first started playing with the band you know, because yeah. there's so much, there's so much to learn that you can only find out with time yeah. and with patience and always being open to learning about the process because the process just never stops. And, it, it, you know, the process of Slipknot, if you can kind of separate yourself from this thing that's bigger than any one of us, you can let it guide you into, mm. you know, what it's, what it's demanding of you. Yeah. So as as we kind of let that guide us that informs how we present what we're doing on stage and that's where so much of what we do comes alive you know we work we work really hard behind closed doors to make new music that's really engaging for us but then like the pedal you know the the rubber meets the pavement when it's on stage and that's where songs really come alive so you know with that in mind the chops the the um like we're saying, like the technique or whatever, it all just kind of gets dictated by what we're like, what, what we're doing, you yeah. know? And, and so I've, I've never really thought about it. I've never really thought about like, well, I got to elevate my playing to <laughs> such and such a level, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, 
I've never, I've never thought about things that way. It's always just been like, I have to give a hundred percent every single day. And, um, you know, that's out of respect for, uh, these guys, you know, my friends, my, my family who have entrusted a very important role in this band, uh, with me. And so I take that very seriously. I take how I approach what we do very seriously. And I feel like, you know, I, I've got to hope that that just kind of translates into what we're doing, you yeah, know, and I, I, sure. I'm too, I'm too close in the middle of it to really have that kind of perspective. But I just know that if I take the, what I consider the punk rock way of doing it, you know, just getting up there and, and putting all of myself into uh, what's expected of me, what I expect of myself, that's gotta, you know, do something good. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, so switching gears a little bit because we are a drum store. It's kind of prudent. And man, firstly, congratulations. You've just had a new signature snare released, right? The Crucible. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. The Crucible. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did you meet the guys at SJC? Because you've got an amazing relationship without those guys. I do. Uh, that to, you know, to go back to how this is all really one thing. Uh, I met the guys from SJC through Brandon Steinecker. Um, oh, okay. You know, and Brandon went on from the youth to join Rancid. He's been in Rancid for a number of years now. The uh, Dexter kit. 2006. The, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. So his Dexter kit. I saw that and I was like, what is that? <laughs> I, I, I wasn't familiar with the show Dexter. Like I right. knew of it, but I didn't watch it yet. And Brandon's like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with the show Dexter. And I, I met these guys that do this, you know, this drum company. And they made this whole kit based on the TV show with the saran wrap that he wraps his victims Whoa. in is, is the shell instead of just being normal acrylic, it looks like that saran wrap. The, the badges are like the blood slides that he holds from all his victims. <laughs> um, you know, there's like cleavers all over and stuff. It was incredibly impressive. And I was like, I got to meet these guys because that is like a perfect marriage between music and art, drums and art, yeah, uh, right. bringing them together in a way that elevates, you know, you, you accomplish something that you can't accomplish with just one or the other, yeah. you know, it's together. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so he introduced me to the owner of the company, Mike Chapari. Yeah, we've had Mike on. Right on. Yeah. So Mike yeah. Is, in, is has become another, you know, he's like a brother to me. He's one of my best friends. We, you know, there is rarely a week or a couple days where he and I aren't talking. Um, and, uh, and so we, we got introduced through Brandon and I told him about ideas that I wanted to creatively bring to just the drums I was playing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, yeah, I became a SJC artist in late 2009, 2010, mm -hmm. maybe. And ever since then, we've just tried to, you know, they, they've been with me for uh, for a lot of uh, through through a lot of stuff uh, musically. And as we as we develop in our friendship and our, um, you know, what we want to explore creatively, we've come up with ideas like, mm -hmm. you know, they put on a series of drum clinics that we've taken to Japan and done in the US and the UK. You know, we, we met back in 2009, 2010, and we've just worked on all this stuff yeah. uh, for years. So then when I joined Slipknot and couldn't tell Mike <laughs> what I was doing, <laughs> I, I was like, Hey, um, you know, I know I'm, I know you know me from being the guy with like one kick drum and one rack Tom and floor Tom. I'm going to need a kit. That's like two bass drums and three rack Toms and two <laughs> floor Toms. Uh, I'm going to need, I'm going to need two of those because I'm going to have to have one in one part of the world while another is, set up at a different part of the world because uh i'm going to be doing a lot of traveling and uh i can't tell you what it's about uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was him being like uh okay what are you telling me right now and i was like i one day i'll be able to tell you um and he followed me down that rabbit hole and we've been able to uh you know to do this amazing stuff ever since and work on really out of the box creative things um with the drums. And so one of those was when I, I told Mike, you know, it's a couple of years into being in Slipknot, you know, I, I was discussing with him what I was looking for sound and character wise with a, with a new snare drum. And he, we got to talking about what we loved about, you know, drummers from the early two thousands, very high tune, really aggressive, intense uh, snare drums. And he got to developing this 48 ply maple mm -hmm. snare for me with these two vents and, he was like, I want you to try this. And I tried it. I tried it that night and I've, I've never looked back since. It's like my live 
staple drum set or uh, snare drum. And uh, when it came time to Mike and I discussing what we would want to do as far as like, he's like, hey, I want to do a, a signature. It's time we do a signature snare drum for you. Uh, and we've, we've had a lot of drummers ask for like, I want to use what Jay uses on stage. And we're like, all right, let's, you know, let's offer just that. And I'll do, I'll do the artwork on it. And let's, uh, let's provide an option to drummers that's exactly that 48 ply, you know, beast. massive, yeah. in, intense beast of a snare drum. <laughs> uh, so we did that, um, you know, because we wanted to offer people exactly what that is. Mm. But also keeping in mind that it's like, you know, that's a staple sound, staple element of my sound. But I also experiment with like lots of metal snares in the studio mm. and stuff. Um, so that's where the idea of creating the crucible came from, you know, all my, like my favorite kind of brass snares mm. that you might hear on, on Slipknot records and stuff. Uh, a lot of the time we wanted to offer something that kind of had that more creative character to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a different, just a different approach to what I, uh, you know, use and like to have in my arsenal and between the 48 ply snare that I'm using on stage and the crucible, which reflects kind of more so what I usually use in the studio, I find that represents, um, you know, well-rounded, a little more well-rounded of an approach to how I, I like to have things in my uh, my arsenal. But those are those are just two things that, in my long history with SJC, as we, you know, keep talking about new ideas. I mean, we just released the crucible, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks ago, and already Mike and I are like, oh my god, no, <laughs> you know. We got it. Like we've got so many other ideas that are still just, you know, always wanting to do something new, push the envelope, and uh, and that's what I really respect about the creative people that I'm I'm really fortunate to to be around. Is everybody just wants to, you know, push things forward, push things into new directions, and uh, very thankful for my relationship with SJC in that way. Yeah, they're a really um, forward thinking team. You know. Um, the drums were kind of new to us when we we started to take them on, um, obviously. But the the we opened to, sort of potted history. We opened another branch of the store in Leeds, and the manager who runs that branch, you've met him. We used to work at Gear for Music, Jake. Of course, yeah. So he was like SJC, SJC, SJC. Like we got to get SJC. He was like, ah, we don't know anything about these drums. And they turn up and they're fucking great, man. Like just even the even the stuff that they don't make in the US is really well built. It sounds absolutely killer. And they're just so forward thinking, man. It's great, you know. And they, I love the family aspect of the brand as well. Um, I mean, it, it leads to things like your engagement with the fans. Young Caleb is a is a customer of ours who you've had on yeah. on stage and stuff like. That's a tr like. There's not many guys do that stuff, man. You know, there's not many guys that are out being that engaged with the fans. Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, because, uh, yeah, Caleb is a is a phenomenal example of that. Um, yeah. What a young, what a young, amazing talent. Um, yeah. I I meet a lot of SJC drummers around the world, and uh, it's always amazing to me this kind of level of connection that we instantly already have. Right. Um, I think that's because of the culture that Mike and everybody, the team at SJC have fostered mm -hmm. is that like everybody that I meet, if I meet an SJC drummer, like where you're at in the UK, uh, we, we're already talking about like, Oh yeah. You know, Mike's one of my best friends and, yeah. and he and I email about this and that, and he helped me develop, you know, this drum set that I got that I'm, you know, whatever. It's like, it's that story all the time. Mm. It's like, they're very personally invested in uh, their artists, their drummers that they support and um, and it is a culture thing. It's unlike a, a lot of of ways that um, that they'd be able to carry themselves. They do it true to form, total punk rock. Do it yourself. Like when when Mike and I have um, you know, like we've we've done a couple uh, series of uh, drum clinics, and Mike is right there in the trenches with me. We did <laughs> we did a we did um, a series of drum clinics in in Tokyo. Um, we did three clinics in Tokyo in three days. Right. Uh, wow. And like literally flying from the United States to Japan, not sleeping, setting up all, setting up all the stuff, all of our, all ourself, 
booking, you know, booking the shows, getting every, you know, getting everybody to get stoked to, to come on out and see what we'll put on. He and I, the whole team, like we're like, none of us sleep the whole time. Just we're <laughs> completely, completely invested in this whole uh, yeah. process. Like nobody else is doing that. Yeah. That's amazing. Like yeah. that's true investment in, in making cool stuff happen and doing whatever it takes, you know, and, and I really respect that. And um, that's how I want to approach things. So to, mm-hmm to align myself with, uh, with similarly focused people is, is very important to me. And so SJC has that. And I think like I have something in common whenever I meet another, you know, fellow SJC drummer, um, there's that little extra kind of commonality that we, that we, uh, that we share. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I really love that what we've been able to do together, you know, cause, cause SJC has certainly grown in the last 11 years that I've been an SJC yeah, right. artist. So to kind of grow, you know, alongside each other is, um, has been one of the, you know, greatest joys of my life. And we keep doing cool stuff. There's a lot more like, you know, we're very ambitious with what we want to do in the future. <laughs> so there's like, there, there's lots more to, to come because I feel like every time we sit down to talk about stuff, we're always like, man, we got to outdo what we did the last time. Like somehow, I don't know how we're going to do it, but, um, but uh, like, like it co- goes back to the things we're talking about. If you invest the time and energy and passion into it, you can go all day and all night. You can go, you know, you, you have like, a, at least I feel like we have a seemingly endless reserve of energy to, to devote to this stuff, just because it means a lot to us. And that connection with other people who are coming to, uh, to engage with it, it means a lot to us. So, um, you know, we never, never want to let people down, never want to let ourselves mm-hmm. down. And uh, I just love that process. Yeah, man, listen to the way you speak about the brand and about your own sort of approach. It, it's absolute, it makes absolute sense why you guys are, are a partnership in that respect, why you play those drums and very similar outlooks and ethos, you know, like just even the way that that brand became a brand the hustle of getting on the van show and or the vans tour and, and and connecting to all these people to the point where the next year the, all the drummers are like yo where's my cat you know like like yeah. y'all, y'all gotta get mike up in here and vans are like oh okay like i suppose yeah. we better get this guy on you know that's amazing amazing yeah he you know he's, he's like like i said he's like a brother to me and um you know he has such a passion for the instrument and to see people uh flourish you know and, yeah. and to and whether whether he's directly um, represented as a part of it or not, you know, yeah. like he he just wants to be around people doing cool stuff. And uh, and at the crux of it, at the end of the day, like that's, you know, that's the best true spirited way of, of doing it. For sure. For sure. So what about you going forward, man, with the art and the drums? Is there any way you're looking to put that together? Uh, do you know what what's what's kind of next for you outside of the world of the band and things? What What's going on? You know, I, I have a lot of stuff that I'm kind of continually trying to bring together the two uh i have a lot of stuff that is kind of set like like now my dashboard is kind of like you know now that we've uh explored a lot of bringing drums and art together this year Mm -hmm. this year and late last year you know exploring with the uh the couple snare drums that we've done practice pad that we've created Mm -hmm. and stuff i'm taking a little time more so to focus on uh compartmentalizing and and doing just standalone art uh, I did some stuff with uh, Evans Drumheads where they actually, they're very talented in doing it. Though They'll print art really, really well, like high quality onto drumheads. Yeah, totally. They inked by Evans and all that. Yeah. So I wanted to explore that with them and, you know, do uh, two pieces of art that I feel would be represented well on a drumhead, you know, a circular mm-hmm. canvas. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a little time doing that. And that was really exciting to do like, a, uh, a triptych of of art pieces that are oh, meant cool. to be on on drum heads right uh not not really in any other medium but that's like another way of bringing together you know drums and art that i really like uh but i also i've, I've been working on art for a number of years now that uh that i won't be incorporating on drums okay that is just standalone you know canvas bit like larger scale stuff too like i have stuff that's you know 36 by 48 inches yeah. or um I've I've like a piece that's like a six foot square that's enormous <laughs> and stuff and so I'm I'm finding ways to come out with that stuff you know like pe- I think people are aware that I I I paint on like large scale format but mm-hmm. um but I've never really publicly displayed it right really so um so now that you know SJC and I have accomplished a lot of these things and um we've been working really hard on 
on the new Slipknot record, of course, like that's, that's my focus mm-hmm. kind of 24 seven. But when, when I feel like we're at a pausing point with that um, and we're kind of waiting for the other things to catch up, just like, you know, mixing songs and mm-hmm. mastering them and, you know, getting artwork for the record and stuff, then I can kind of um, put that accomplishment kind of behind me and focus on what I really want to sink my teeth into. So more, more so like the big, larger scale paintings, um, that's kind of what I'm focusing and, and bringing that into the world at some point soon would be really exciting for me. Um, so that's kind of currently what I can focus on at home. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm kind of more so sinking my teeth into as we also, you know, get ready for, um, for what we hope is some very exciting and busy, uh, right. times in the slip, in the slipknot world. Um, yeah, right. so yeah, you know, like not like we've got some things maybe with SJC and myself that we talk about where, um, like we're, like we're talking about like, Oh man, it'd be cool to bring my art in some way to either a snare drum or maybe even a full drum set mm-hmm. where, you know, I could bring my art into it or have people kind of interactively be able to design their own drums with, elements of my oh, art wow. in a way that'd be uh, really cool and, and yeah i mean just taking the idea of customization you know sjc custom drums it's like this is a this is a a, a team that really prides itself on the custom is uh, the mm-hmm. ability to customize as much as you can just mm-hmm. if you can dream it we can build it yeah, you right. know and, and I, I feel i feel like i'm part of that you know having been intimately involved with the design process of of all these things you know mm. down to the tent down to the tension rods <laughs> you know what we're doing i want people to be able to feel like they're getting uh their own kind of creative input into it so if if i can deliver on some artistic elements to these drums but then give a customizable spin where people can even take that and customize it and warp it and make it different, make it more them. Yeah. Right. Then we're kind of working together. And I I find that could be really interesting. So uh, without, you know, diving too much into what Mike and I have been discussing, that's kind of like, that could be really cool where we get to kind of collaborate with other drummers, other, you know, creative people who Mm -hmm. are like, you know, I want, something that represents uh, my own playing, but with Jay's influence and Mike's influence and SJC's input, but be able to make it customized myself. Like I, I find, uh, you know, just being a fan, it was cool to watch um, what they've done together with Josh Dunn from 21 Pilots, mm-hmm. um, how they've taken, you know, a number of artistic pieces that, you know, that are more Josh's character and give people the, you know, the option of designing a whole kit with a with a wide array of um of artistic you know pieces from from josh that's really cool and that's interesting to me um that you can you know mix and match customize things that are kind of working within the framework of what an artist has come to the table with uh that's really cool so i I find that that's like a way of pushing the envelope where you get more more user influence in it you know it's it's influenced by the people who are going to be playing it not just us saying this is something that's you know i it, it is a valid thing to be like this is representative of what i love to play which mm-hmm. i think the the 48 ply snare and the crucible both are but um i think if we were finding if we were to find some way to get get our hands dirty with the people who are actually going to be playing these things i think that could be really cool yeah well it creates a better connection doesn't it because they get to take ownership of it as well as it being a partnership it's still about their identity and that's the point of customizing the drum kit yeah yeah and it, it you know yes yeah, if, if someone is is um you know finding their own path uh their own musical journey through something that we've made available that's representative of where mm. i kind of come from and if i can you know if if i can be part of that for for somebody finding their own voice their own musical voice that's incredible because i've had you know drummers did that for me you know like there was nothing quite like going to a music store and, you know, when I'm a young person and going to a, a, dr- a drum store and picking up a guy's signature drumsticks right. and then going home and playing along to those records, like pretending I'm that guy or whatever, you know, like that was so meaningful to me yeah. and it made you feel like you had superpowers, you know? Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and that helped me, help me learn about myself, help me learn about what I want to accomplish in music so yeah, if these things that I'm, you know, we're, I'm doing with SJC or with Vader drumsticks, you know, if, if any of that helps 
you know, especially a, a younger uh, drummer find their own voice. That's like, I mean, game over. That's that's the ultimate uh, thing to happen. Beautiful. That's the best place to end it as well. It's the best. Cool. <laughs> that's the best place to end it. Um, where can people uh, find you on the socials, man? If if they want to get in touch or say hello or. or... I'm pretty readily available. Like I, you know, use Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Like, um, like anybody, you guys, you guys can Google me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, totally. You know, we're all, we're all very easily, uh, Googleable at this yeah, point right. in society, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I love, um, sharing what I'm up to creatively. I love seeing what other people are up to, uh, creatively. And we live in a fascinating time where, um, yeah, no. you know, everybody's creative output is just, uh, you know, a click of the button away. So. Yeah, so we'll be sure to like stick all your ats in the show notes cool. so that, that yeah. people can get a hold of you and stuff, man. So listen, man, I so appreciate you coming on. It's been a great chat. I think this has been my favorite podcast, actually. It's, it's been awesome, great. Man. It's been great. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. No, thank you guys for having me. And uh, we'll, we'll no doubt see you then, Alain. Right on. All right. Take care, guys. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drummers Only Radio. You can find us online at www.drummersonly.co.uk. Drop us a line. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Drummers Only UK. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Any questions, info at drummersonly.co.uk is the email. Or if you need leads, it's leads at drummersonly.co.uk. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Drummers Only.